Hello and welcome to Nurture Narratives, a place for honest and uplifting conversations about parenting. I'm your host, Jessica Hines-Cook. I asked friend Kathy Bell, who has three adult children, to share her reflections on what she's learned over the years as a mother. And today I'm sharing that conversation. We chat about the qualities that we both try to model for our kids. And Kathy shares some moments where she saw her children really shine as unique and authentic individuals. Kathy shares what it's like to parent her son, Kevin, who has a rare syndrome called Moat Wilson. And we talk about some of the challenges families like hers are facing during COVID-19. We also discuss some of the positive ways that the pandemic has changed our perspective on parenting. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and review on your platform of choice, and to join the conversation on Instagram at nurture.narratives. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm talking to my friend, Kathy Bell, who is a mother to three beautiful grown children. One of Kathy's sons, Kevin, has special needs. So we're going to talk about some of the challenges that she has faced, as well as the lessons she's learned along the way. And we're going to examine this idea that we're here to teach and mold our children and what this really means while looking at how our children have ended up shaping and molding us. Welcome, Kathy, and thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for uh, having me today. My pleasure. Um, can you tell me a bit about your family? Sure. So my husband, Vikas, and I have three children. Um, Sarah's 28. Uh, Kevin, uh, who has special needs, like you mentioned, is 25. And our youngest, Scott, is 18. Okay. And what kind of special needs does Kevin have? So Kevin has a rare syndrome called Moet Wilson syndrome. Uh, okay. There's not that many cases in the world uh, and definitely not so many cases in Canada. Um, and it's a syndrome that has uh, very definitive medical and developmental challenges. Um, for example, uh, Kevin is nonverbal, um, but yet he understands uh, conversation very well. And that's a, that's, a, that's a distinct characteristic of the syndrome. Okay. Um... So what has it been like for you to, to raise a son with special needs? Start in, I guess, from uh, when he was young. So it was interesting when he was a baby. Uh, we didn't know he would have the challenges that he had until much later. Um, uh, like many uh, syndromes, you first, uh, you first um, go up against the medical challenges Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin had a lot of surgeries um, and a lot of medical issues when he was a baby. Um, so, you know, it was from the beginning, um, it was it was pretty challenging. And, and, and that was when I was thinking about um, what it was like to parent a child with special needs. You know, one of the things I would say is I think most parents would tell you it isn't easy. And and um, and I would say that that's very true. Yeah. But, but, you know, I would also say that um, when you have a child who's unwell and then later on you find out he has a lot of developmental um, challenges, um, you don't always have time to dwell on it because you're so busy doing, mm. doing the next thing. So, um, you know, you're more in it than thinking about it a lot of times. Right. I understand what you're saying. Um do you think it kind of challenged your perception of what you thought motherhood would, would be like? 
So it's so interesting, you know, one of the, when I was thinking about, you know, what I thought about being a mother before I became a mother, I'm not even so sure um, I thought about that very much. And one of the things, you know, it it made me think about was I have a great mom. So Mm. maybe that's why I wondered if that was why. Uh, and, and, And the other thing I wondered is, you know, back 28 years ago we didn't have as many paths to take as our kids do today and it's not that um I didn't want to become a mother I always I was so happy to become a mother but I don't think I really thought about you know the meaning of motherhood um maybe like uh you know new mothers do today Hmm, that's really interesting I I feel the same way though I feel like I didn't have a like, I, I definitely, I don't know what my concept of motherhood was like before I had a child, but definitely, like, having a child changed me so much, which really surprised me. So I feel like I came out the other end, which, I mean, it's kind of a weird way to put it, but, like, as a totally different person. So that really, and I was thinking about that as well, because in terms of this conversation about how our kids shape and mold us. Well, and it's funny, one of the memories uh, I have is, so I was in my my mid-20s when I had Sarah, and one of the memories I had was uh, bringing her home from the hospital, and she was born in March, and it was a major snowstorm, so I sat in the backseat of the car with her, we drove, I think, 10 kilometers an hour, and... (laughs) We finally got home and we brought this little wee baby in, in this bucket into our house uh-huh. and we put her in the middle of the floor of the living room and Vikas and I sat on the couch and stared at her and literally looked at each other and said, now what? And, uh-huh. um, you know, all these years later, that memory is so strong and, it, you know, it made me think that, you know, we were so happy to have her, but I don't think we really knew what it meant until she arrived yeah there's no really no way of predicting how it's gonna change you I guess no and and you know a few years later when we had Kevin you know and and that's a little bit that um you know he was so so sick when he was a new baby Mm. that we didn't have time to think about that either because really we were just kind of scraping by and trying to get through every day and do what Mm. needed us to do and then we had a two and a half year old to look after so um you know it was so busy and it wasn't so busy you were just so tired yeah I bet yeah so I guess it's kind of cool to maybe have this conversation and give you a chance to to reflect on that so much and you know it's funny this mother's day for whatever reason i woke up in the morning and i just the, my first thought that came into my head was oh my gosh i've been a mother for 28 years <laughs> and you know i often don't even feel old enough to have a 28 year old to be honest let alone a 25 year old and an 18 year old and i yeah i don't feel like you're old enough to to either well that's good because i <laughs> don't either and when you told me your kids ages it took me aback a little bit I was like oh yeah I guess uh, because like since we've been talking about your kids from when we worked together 
like, oh, yeah, I guess that was a while ago. They've grown up. I know. Well, I mean, I think that all the time. Like, I think of Sarah almost being 30. I'm like, how can how can that be, you know? <laughs> and, and but it was so funny because I never, I had never remembered having that thought before. Um, and it made me wonder, you know, am I, you know, am I kind of reflecting on the journey of being a mother and what does that mean? And, you know, and what an important role for me it has been in my life. Not yeah, that is, still is. Yeah, exactly. That's why I really, like what I'm really enjoying about doing this podcast is that it just forces me to have these conversations with people that I wouldn't always normally have and uh, have a little bit of a deeper conversation than sometimes we get into the rut of having like small talk with everybody. And so it's cool to have these conversations and, and reflect on these like these bigger pictures. <laughs> and I definitely found that as I was, you know, remembering all the different stories and, you know, thinking about what, what have my kids taught me? What have I taught them? Mm-hmm. Um, what do I hope I've taught them? What do they think I've taught them? Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a life. It brought up, it brought back a lifetime of memories, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, it was um, nice. Yeah. How, what did, what was it like for you balancing um, the needs of like having three kids to begin with is a lot and uh, to have one that had special needs. What was that like for you? Well, I mean, if I'm honest, the balance has never been easy. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, we had different stages, different ages. Scott is quite a bit younger than Sarah and Kevin. Uh, Mm -hmm. And along the way, I've always worked full time. Um, right. So, you know, you know, I don't know that I'm an expert at balancing it, but you just get by. And I think that's what a lot of us do. Um, one of the things I would say is that we always tried to make sure that each of our kids had their own existence. Um, mm-hmm. so that meant, you know, they, they could follow their own interests. They could play their own sports. They had time with their friends. And, you know, we're given the individual opportunity to explore their interests. Um, But then in some, you know, I think we did that purposefully, but then in in another way, I think life just offered that because um, one of the funny stories I tell is that uh, we never had our kids go to the same school ever. Oh, really? And when you have three kids, that's saying something. Yeah. Um, now the one thing I would say is that Scott, uh, does go to the same high school now that Sarah went to, but it's 10 years later. So, um, you know, that kind of, that's kind of a funny thing because they, none of the kids were ever there at the same time. It was, uh, very common for us to, and I think because of the school issue, it was very common for us to go to an event and someone to say, oh, I didn't know Scott had siblings. Oh, I didn't know Sarah had siblings. I didn't know that Kevin had siblings. So yeah, it kind of became a joke that, yes, we have three only children um, mm-hmm. because they each kind of had their individual lives. Um, but that was, uh, that was a nice thing, too, because it meant that they each had space to have their unique path. And then, of course, we would come back. Um, and do family things together and you know and when I was thinking back today it reminded me that's why we got our first dog you know and that's why actually (laughs) we got our second dog was because having 
um, a dog in our house was a way to bring our family back together and, and have uh, share something that everybody enjoys. Yeah. Were, were you surprised by how different and unique they are as individuals? Um, I, I, I think so. I think uh, it's interesting and funny too, because like I was saying, um, you don't always really understand how old they are, you know? And I think um, as they grow up, there are different times when you, you see that individuality and you see that uniqueness and you know that they've arrived. Um, mm. One of the stories I would talk about Sarah is that uh, she did her master's in the UK and I went with her when I dropped her off. And I remember um, leaving her and thinking, oh, I hope this is going to be okay. Um, but, you know, kind of telling her, we've moved before, you know how to do this, you know what to do. So just, you know, to go, go at it sort of thing. And then yeah. visiting her a year later and seeing how much she'd grown up and seeing how much she'd grown into her role in her life there and knowing that, okay, you're a grown up, grown up now. So that was, uh, that was a nice feeling. That's awesome. And then I would, I think with Kevin, it's more subtle and it's, it's, you know, you see those changes more on the day to day. And and I I would Mm. also say in terms of his adult life, um, we work with a lot of advocacy organizations that help us establish his, his adult life. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have hopes that he'll uh, live in a home with a roommate one day. And, um, you know, you have that vision and you have organizations help you understand um, how that might come about. So you feel you feel like you were able to get the support you needed? To figure those things out. I think so. I think you have to seek it out. Uh, I don't think it lands in your lap. Um, Mm. You know, in terms of one of my, when I was thinking about what I would recommend to other families, I think it's one of the things I, uh, that came to mind was about having a vision. So I know that for us, having a vision for Kevin has always been, so important and that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that we're going to enact it exactly um but it means that as you come across the barriers and the challenges about why that can't happen it's kind of in your head and you think yeah but that's what we're working toward that's what we're working toward and you kind of make that the vision and then you know you refine it and you reshape it when you have to um but for the most Mm -hmm. part you're working towards something Right. So have, have you had instances then where people have kind of told you like, well, that's not going to happen or that's not going to work? I think that it's easy for any of us to underestimate the ability of, of someone with the challenges that Kevin has and with someone who doesn't speak. Mm. Speaking is a big thing because um, he can't always speak up for himself. So I think yeah. it's very, very easy to think that I'm not sure if he can do that. I'm not, you know, maybe that's going to be hard for him. But then in a lot of ways, who am I to say that? Who am I to decide that if we don't try that? And not yeah. fair to him if we don't try it. And, and the thing I know about Kevin is that 
he always achieves much, much more than even we think. And we're his biggest. Mm. So, um, That's yeah, awesome. we have to believe in that ability. When, yeah, definitely. When I, when I wrote my blog, when we lived in New York City, um, one of the things that inspired me was that it was an opportunity to talk about ability. And, um, you know, Kevin has more ability and shows us more ability every day, despite all of his challenges, that when you live with him and see what he does, you can't help but be inspired by it. Yeah, I remember reading your blog and Kathy, you're an excellent writer. Um, and it was the first time I had uh, read a bit more about your personal life, uh, being a mother. And one of the cool things I remember was uh, reading about when Kevin, I think you got an app yeah. that allows him to communicate. It was, is it through That's an right. iPad? That's right. And I mean, oh, that was it was cool. one of the most powerful things that happened in his life, I would say, because you think mm-hmm. about someone. So, so the way I describe Kevin is um, he's a boy with a story to tell. Um, he's so mm-hmm. communicative that when he was little, I would often forget to tell people that he was nonverbal. Um, one time yeah. we had been applying for um, a program and the woman called me and, and I'd, we'd done this program for many years and the woman called me. And she said, Kathy, why did you put Kevin as nonverbal on his uh-huh. paperwork? And, and I said, because he, <laughs> he doesn't speak. And she said, yeah. I've known you for many years and you've never said that before. So that was a, that was a <laughs> bit remarkable to me because it made me realize that I don't think of him as not speaking um, because he always has mm. so much to say. And then when we got this app, it allowed him, it was the first time he'd had any real interest in any kind of augmentative uh, technology. And we had tried so, so many and um, he was able to put words to his thought. And it was, I mean, it was phenomenal. Wow. But the other thing I would also say is that, you know, even though with Scott, for example, even though he's only 18 years old, you kind of know, you mm-hmm. kind of know, you get this weird sense of when they've arrived or when they've achieved something. Thing because I had um, there was a time recently actually it was quite uh, it was quite funny that um, Scott was trying to get a certain mark to get into a university and um, he had to work really hard to get this mark and I and I think this mark was always achievable for him but really he had to decide that he wanted to get it and invest in it and make it happen. So he was so excited that he uh, called me on the phone to tell me. And, um, you know, it wasn't the number, it was what the number meant, right? It was meant that when you work hard and you do your best, often you can achieve what you want to achieve. And it was, yeah, it was that moment. So me being me, I cried all the, I (laughs) cried all the way home. Because I realized it was like it it was that that was the piece for me that made me realize, you know what, you've conquered high school and you're ready to move on. And my kids know me as uh, I I often cry when I'm proud. 
No, it's like <laughs> it's always at the most funniest times. Like somebody scores a goal or somebody um, yeah. rides a bike, and there I am bawling my eyes out. But uh, but there you go. It was uh, it meant for me. It was a moment, and uh, it, you know, it's uh, that's how one of the ways I know how proud I am. Oh, um, I guess it sounds to me like he kind of like found his internal motivation. That's right. right. That's right. He- and you did, he didn't need you to be like pushing him and telling him you need to do this. Well, and, and I mean, if I'm honest, we had pushed and pushed and like, hey, buddy, <laughs> let's go, let's go. But at the end of the day, yeah. that wasn't going to do it because he needed to find that in himself. And, you know, he didn't. Mm. And, and that was that was what was so great. Yeah, wow. It just like ties back into our conversation about this idea that we're here to shape and mold our children. And I'm really like realizing that our role is, uh, it's like, I don't want to say it's like less than, it's like less and more than, than I thought. Um, Just this like, yeah, because we're not here to teach our kids. Like I've, I've kind of, I feel now that like my role is to, to set an example, Mm -hmm. which is, in a way much harder than to just like tell my toddler like you need to be polite you need to be gentle but if I'm like gossiping with my husband and she's seeing that or you know if I yell at the dog like it uh it's given she's why would she like why would she take that advice from me or those lessons from me well and, and I mean I always find that when you have those moments like the one with Scott like the one um with Kevin and his iPad like the one when we saw Sarah, you know, we knew that she was doing so well at school. Um, it catches you off guard. You don't always expect to feel that at that time. And, um, you know, it can, and I think that's why I cry a little bit sometimes because it's overwhelming. It's just like, wow, this is, this is my child doing. It's not us providing for our child. This is my child's independent will and, um, desire to manage their own lives yeah yeah that's really cool I think it uh when it happens I think it can be pretty remarkable and you don't always expect it because I think you're right I think we think of providing for our children and teaching 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 and it's the times when they teach us that um you know we don't always expect expect when they happen yeah, it's uh, it really like brings stuff in your own life into focus. I think so, like, I think about that. Like, I Rob and I will talk about like what things we want for Audrey. Like, you know, we want her to be, you know, like if we want her to, we want her to be healthy. We want her to eat well. We want her to be really active. So, like, it's like, well, she's not going to eat well if we're not eating well. Like, we can't just like send her off to different sports and we're not being active I think it works a lot better if we're just if we're living that way I think so too so it's been a it's really been a like a strong motivator to to make improvements for ourselves as well well and sometimes it helps us push ourselves too right um yeah exactly ways that comes to mind for me is that we're a foreign service family and we've moved Mm. every four or five years um for the past 20 
And, um, you know, when I always think about moving, the first thing that comes into my mind is, oh my gosh, I'm so not a mover. I'm the, I'm the person who would mm. live where I live for my whole life and be happy doing it. Uh, but then, yeah. you know, I know now that we've done it a few times, I know some of the benefits of it. So I can always convince myself that, you know what, I can do anything for a year. I can, I'm, I can move to New York City and if I don't like it, we can come home. And, um, you know, after a while, it, you know, it, it turns a little bit, that idea turns a little bit that actually, if you don't walk through the door and you don't try it, you might miss something really great. And, you know, we've been on three postings now and that was um, you know, there were great things in each one. And and that was one of the things that I wanted to teach my our kids is that you have to be yeah. brave to try things. It doesn't always mean that they work out 100%. It rarely means that they're easy, but it most often means that they're fulfilling in a lot of great ways. Oh, yeah, it's so true. And I mean, that's something I want to teach Audrey as well. And um, I mean, even with this podcast, it took me like a lot of like, I really had to convince myself to to try it. And it was a lot of like, what's the like, because I my feeling was like, I probably am not I, <laughs> I felt like I, I for a long time, I didn't want to do it because I'm like, I'm not going to be excellent at it right away. Because I guess I'm a, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And um, so I really was I, I, I think like, former my former self before I had children and before I had a child I should say would um just have not done it because I wouldn't have been convinced that I would be great at it so yeah that's something I need to keep trying to push myself for so that uh, I can show her that that. too I mean and and that's definitely how I felt about moving and I would say I felt that every time and actually probably sometimes Mm. felt that when it was time to come home too um you have to be brave to try it and your and your kids are watching you and and you're not brave how Mm. can you ever think they're gonna feel brave yeah do you think that they've uh have you seen that in them that they've uh picked up on that I think so I think um you know I think uh that's what probably let Sarah think about going away to school. It's probably what helps her continue her schooling. I think that that's true mm-hmm. of Kevin. You know, I think Kevin has to be brave every day. Um, now he has to yeah. trust in himself and the people around him to, to work really hard and um, learn new things um, and I think that's that's true of Scott too, because um, you know he has his own path too, and and um, you know it took some some I think just navigating high school. I think there's a lot of bravery in that in general. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I would also say that it's helped them find their own voices, right? And I think that that's not an easy thing and um prob- and especially not an easy thing for Kevin you know who doesn't necessarily have a strong verbal one uh, or for Scott right. either as he was you know figuring figuring himself out um through his teenage years 
Yeah. Wow. Um, and how, I'm wondering, like, what is life for you right now? What is life like for you right now during the, the pandemic with Kevin? Because you had somebody helping you at home, Well, right? yes. And actually, we have um, a pretty big team who supports us at home. I mean, mm. usually we have uh, three to five people. Um, who were involved in the after hours uh, during the week. And uh, Kevin okay. also goes to a program called the WAVE program, which is a community integration program, um, you know, from nine to four every day. Do you feel like you guys are adapting to the new situation? I think so. You know, um, I think it gets better every week, if I'm honest. Um, it was hard at the beginning. You know, it really threw us... Uh, for a big loop when yeah we were home every day at the beginning um, we had an early realization that um, we had done a lot to help Kevin plan a, his big life outside of our home is um, mm. you know being in the community volunteering having social opportunities and we knew that he didn't have as many skills to keep him busy at home but we mm -hmm. never really worried that much about it because, um, you know, Saturday he had activities. Sunday is a, you know, was a family day. We'd hang out, but he was often often tired on the weekends because he's so so busy during the week that he would use that time to catch up. So it was never really that big a deal um, that he knew what to do, you know, that he knew how to fill his time when he was at home. Um, until we were home all day, every day, seven days, <laughs> seven, you know, <laughs> yeah, so that will do it. That will do it. So, um, it took us a little while to, uh, gear up, you know, like for, like mm -hmm. for most of us, I think it was a shock at the beginning. Um, but what I think, you know, we had, we knew that balance was lacking in his life in terms of his home piece. And mm -hmm. we had tried to address it in different smaller ways. So it, it ended up being a real opportunity for us to figure out and help him figure out, you know, what do you do when you're at home? What are the things you want to do? What are the things you need to do? Um, what are your jobs? What do you, what do you like to do? What's fun? Um, so that, you know, that uh, gave, gave us some time to figure that out. And I mean, I would, I would say, Jessica, that one of the things um, when you have a child with special needs, you, you do that their whole lives. You know, you, um, you know, there's a constant or a frequent, okay, and now what do we do? Um, so you really learn how to like plan, regroup, reassess and figure mm. out next. So that, that was really helpful. Okay. Do you feel like there's like aspects of, um, life now that you're going to take into whatever our new normal looks like so i have i like i mean i would say this 12 weeks so far has changed you know has changed our life completely and well there will be lasting changes i think uh yeah you know i think that we've come to you know appreciate so much more a simpler mm. life i think probably we all have um, definitely yeah and I mean along the way I would also say that um, you know we were lucky there's a lot of we work with a lot of organizations and um, 
initially what we what we really needed to do was bring some structure to Kevin's day and mm-hmm. so of the organizations you know came on board fairly quickly and you know there's Instagram lives there's um, Zoom calls last week uh, the program Kevin goes to they had a crazy hat Zoom call and <laughs> there were 22 people on it and every single one of them had a crazy hat so um, Kevin's still talking about it four or five days later so that's a really uh, you know that's something that wouldn't have happened otherwise or if it did happen we wouldn't have shared in it so you know it was you know it was a really funny thing that happened uh, that happened that day and then you know we've had workshops for for me there's workshops I've participated in a guided conversation so all of these activities you know help us figure out what that normal is quite a bit yeah there's a lot of um it's hard because it's such a it's such a tough situation but we're finding as well a lot of silver linings and things that we want to carry forward with us and for me, it's just been so, so cool to be able to spend so much time with Rob and um, Audrey spending a lot more time with him as well. Just like taking that commute out of the day means that he has so much more time at home. I- and we've just, sorry, Kathy. No, go ahead. Um, just um, having like not having so many options of what we can do every day means that it's like, well, we're going to spend the day outdoors. Like that's basically our only option. Um, and we're lucky I find in Ottawa to have so much green space like we have a a beautiful park right across the road so it's just like just put on your shoes and head to the park and like forget all the gear and all the extra stuff and just get outside and I'm realizing like how much I just would like Audrey's childhood to be spent outdoors as much as possible and to have a lot of quality time with uh, like with the family so it's been it's been really nice in, in that way. Um, it's hard sometimes, like sometimes I feel like you don't want to talk about the positives because it's so hard for so many people. And we're so lucky to be even like to be able to find positives in this situation to like have our health and to have our finances be secure. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely... Um, I just feel very like tuned in right now to, to what matters. Like when you kind of remove all of the, the extra stuff and even like some, a little bit of the mental clutter. Cause you also have like this new, like you have the, there's like anxiety that obviously comes along with the situation, but there's a little less like mental clutter when it comes to like planning your days and organizing your lives. So I think so. Yeah. I, I think I really think that's true. And, you know, one of the things working with these organizations, we've been hearing how many families um, with special needs kids are in crisis because of, mm. know, of not having that stability, financial stability, uh, yeah. social stability and how hard that is for them. So, you know, I, I think in our case, you know, we have, we have days that aren't so great too, but, you know, we try to focus on the gratitude and like you say, find the silver lining um, mm. because we are so, so lucky 
And I mean, you know, we've been able to spend the time. We play the game. We play games. We walk the dog more. We watch movies. We go to the RCMP stables to see the horses twice a day, <laughs> whether we want <laughs> wow. or not. Um, you know, one of the things I've loved is hearing Scott belly laugh and he and Vika mm. sure. Um, you know, the day's not over until we've had a full debate on Canadian and American politics. So, um, and, and we talk to Sarah every day, you know, maybe maybe we took that for granted before and now, um, you know, it's a really, uh, bright piece of the day. So it's, uh, you know, we feel very lucky. Yeah. I feel like people are actually, uh, calling their family members a lot more right now. I think so too. And, yeah. and, and it's not only the call, it's, I mm-hmm. think it's like you appreciate their time, you appreciate their health, you appreciate, yeah. um, you know, like hearing stories about back in the day, right? Back in the day when we lived a simpler way of life and stores weren't open on Sundays and, you know, we cooked all our meals and we played cards, right? It's, um it's it's a simpler it's a simpler way of life yeah with the convenience of being able to order groceries and again them like two hours later yeah absolutely yeah well it's really interesting it I'm uh, I'm glad to hear your um your story and hear about a little bit about what life is like for different families right now including families with kids with special needs absolutely and I mean there's lots of families, you know, life, life with a special needs child is rarely easy. You, I don't think many parents mm-hmm. would say, oh yeah, that was easy. <laughs> you know, <there's> a <laughs> lot of, um, there's a lot of struggle. You work, you work hard for the gains you have. And I'm just sure that um, it's really, really hard for a lot of people. Definitely. Yes. Um, on that vein, like would, what kind of advice would you give to to parents who like new parents who have a, a child with special needs? So, you know, it's interesting. One of, uh, like I was saying at the beginning, Kevin's 25. So by now I have a couple of uh, looking back um, pieces of advice that, you know, so a couple of things that I would have done differently. Um, mm-hmm. One of them I've thought over and over again was that I would have documented more. Um, Okay. Kevin has a lot of medical issues and um, I wish that I had documented them a lot more. Um, I could never have imagined how many times I was asked, you know, when his developmental milestones were, what medical issues he had, what happened uh, during my pregnancy. Um, like to mm. say that I've told those stories hundreds of times is not, um, is not an exaggeration. But I also, well, and, and actually I would say I never could have also imagined that those dates would blur uh, at a certain mm. point because they are so ingrained in your mind, but then so many things come on top of it. But, but the other thing is I wish I'd taken the time to journal, like even three bullets at the end of every day, because one of the things with Kevin is that, you know, he, often he will have made progress, but the steps are small. So you don't. Yeah. realize it until you're kind of far down the road and then you 
go, okay. hey, wait a minute, he doesn't do that anymore. Or I noticed he, he did that by himself. That's really awesome. Uh, yeah. I think a lot, the steps to make up the big gains, gains are a lot smaller. So I think that, you know, it would have been encouraging for us. It would have been encouraging for him um, had we kind of taken note of that. Yeah, you know, a little bit more along the way, because then if even if it's a little step and you, um, you know, praise him, good job. Well, look, look at you go um, kind of thing. Maybe it maybe it could have um, helped him a little bit more along the way. Mm, okay. The other thing I would say is about having a vision. Um, you know, I think that especially when your kids are little, we because we're trying to achieve all these these milestones there's a lot of focus on what they can't do as opposed to what they can do but I think that mm-hmm. when you have a vision it helps you focus on all the things that they can do and then you build um you yeah. know one of the things I really liked about no like we didn't find out uh Kevin's diagnosis till he was 10 because it wasn't discovered till then Oh, wow. One of the things I like about him having a rare syndrome is that there's not a lot of knowns about it. So no one mm. you, um, this is going to happen then, that's going to happen when he's this old, because it's not known. And, you know, none of us know any of those things about any of our children. We just sometimes think that we do. Uh, yeah. And I didn't want to, you know, I definitely didn't want that um, for him either. And, and the other thing I'd say around that is that he has always exceeded our greatest vision for him. So, um, we, I think having a vision and then expanding it and, and going back to it really helps them live up to their, um, you know, their, their big potential, because I think, uh, you know, I think that they have, in Kevin's case, I know he has a huge, potential and you know he he's going to have a big life he deserves to have a big life yeah definitely it's so interesting to me what you said about um not knowing much about the syndrome because I guess it like removes a little bit maybe some like mental limitations that you could have come across we uh we did a lot of genetic testing for Kevin um before we had Scott and if I'm honest, one of my biggest worries that was that somebody was going to say a life expectancy one time or mm. wanted to know wow. because to me that was so heavy. That's such a heavy yeah. way to have to, you know, help him live his life. And, exactly. Um, when we found out, I didn't, you know, there was a lot of, um, it was very nice to know. It was much nicer to know than I realized. Um you know, one of the bonuses was there is no um, information about that because there is there aren't a lot of older people with um, Wilson syndrome. So that was a gift because um, just didn't mm. want to I didn't want to carry that every day. Yeah, definitely. And then if I just say wow. one last thing, um, in terms for of sure, advice. Um, I would say I wish I had built some more self care along the way. Um, I'm definitely mm. trying to make up the, up for that now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think there's yeah. more, we're more aware of that. Um, we are. One of the things I do is I pick a theme word every year. So um, my word for this year is nourish. Um, 
and for me that means you know working to be kind to myself um and realizing that if i don't manage everything that's okay um and you know kind of have the idea that we all do our best because that's uh that's what i really believe I, yeah i think you're right and i think we like we always, I try to remind myself all the time, like you do your best with the information that you have. And then when you like, when you know better, you do That's better. That's right. And it bit by yeah. bit, right? And we have, we have this idea of being a perfect parent and it's not mm. what it's like. It's about the journey, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, oh man. That's so, that's so and true. And I think that, you know, I, I think that being a parent pushes us to be more open. And for mm-hmm. me, what I think about what that means to me is it's, it's about authenticity. Um, you know, we work to be our authentic self as parents and we have an important role, I think, in helping our children uh, be their authentic selves. And I mean, really, I think that's where we find the glory. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's like a constant just to like, I mean, just for us as adults to exist and, and to be our authentic self, I think is really, is really difficult. So if you can model that for your kids, that's pretty amazing. And if you can encourage them to, to continue to, to be themselves and not to just be like little, whatever you had planned for them and little mini versions of you think you're doing pretty well Well, and I mean that with having older kids I would say that when you see those moments where they're you know learning what that um authenticity means to them it's it's profound and I mean I I think I I can think of moments where I've had that thought for each of my kids and it's it's a beautiful Mm. thing that's really cool something for me to look forward to I think you can and it's not <laughs> one moment, it's many, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, yeah. A, it's, a li- it's a lifetime of those moments, right? And, and I mean, it kind of goes back to what we're saying. When we lead a simpler life and we kind of, we, you know, it's a, a bit of a cliche, but you take time to smell the roses. And I think, I think <laughs> it's true, right? And, and you're... Yeah more present to see that moment of oh look that's that's um kevin scott or sarah like knowing who they are and and asserting that and it's 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 really amazing yeah that's really awesome um and i uh i just want to thank you so much kathy for sharing your story with me and chatting with me i know we've had many like uh smaller like heart to hearts over the years and when we worked together but it was really cool to to hear you reflect back and to share some of your like kind of teachable moments with me um like one thing I really wanted to make sure that I was doing with the podcast is not only talking to to new mothers and I mean I want to talk to fathers as well I just feel like sometimes we really we limit the conversation a little bit to to only new mothers and I think there's a lot of like learning that we can do from from other generations and it would be such a waste to not talk to people at different stages of their journeys um so it's something that I keep trying to make sure too that 
because I have a, I have as well of like a strong vision of how I want to parent. I, I, I don't want it to stop me from being open to, to learning from other people. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Well, it was, uh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I have to say, it's been uh, so much fun thinking about all these memories and, um, you know, remembering like, you know, my kids are big, but I, I still learn all the time about being a parent. It's like you say, it's a journey. It never ends. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nurture Narratives. I hope you enjoyed hearing some of Kathy's reflections and that this inspires you to reflect on your own parenting journey and some of the lessons your kids have taught you. I hope this episode has also given you a better understanding of some of the challenges and triumphs of special needs families. Thanks for joining the conversation.